Hella Black, episode 78. 78? 78, 78 episodes? We on 78 episodes now. And, uh, I have to readjust my chair. We is here. We is rocking. You feel me? Coming strong with that heat. <laughs> Why does the camera make everything so much more awkward? Like, I feel like... Uh, and it's like, we got this motherfucking light in my face. You feel me? I know my curls is looking good and shit. You feel me? But I don't know. But I feel like... Um, Ricky Bobby and Talladega Nights. I just don't know what to do with my hands. It should just be like this the whole episode. <laughs> People say we're good on camera. Are y'all lying? Are we good? Yes or no? Drop it in the comments on our YouTube channel. <laughs> That's how them YouTubers be. <laughs> like, see this product? Talk about it if you like it in the comments. I recommend it to your friend. Oh, bro, I'm happy to be back on camera with you. Yeah, me too, bro. It's been a long time. This is, you know, it's been a minute since we got to record. Things have changed. As y'all can see, there's a new background. We in undisclosed this. Undisclosed location. Undisclosed Airbnb. <laughs> but shit, it's been a minute, but it's good. Good to get back in it. You feel me? Like this shit on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You feel me? If you're Patreon. A, if you're a patron, a patron, patreon.com slash hellblackpod for that good. You feel me? Tap in with that. Expeditiously That's how I think you said that word But you feel me Tapping with that shit Patreon.com Slash pod. You feel me Got a lot of good content And you know Like always If you were white If you were non-black Take out your debit card Take your wallet out <laughs> Patreon.com Slash pod. Support black Radical Content creators You feel me Yes lord So shout out to all the new patrons man Just want to give you all A very warm welcome To the podcast We appreciate y'all support and uh, without y'all, you feel me, this shit ain't possible. So shout out to all the patrons, patreon.com slash hellblackpod. So we ain't talked about Black Joy, bro, for hella long, bro. For hella long. I know, I fell off because I have I made the note here that we would talk about it in but the, you didn't in the think outline. But remember, like, a few episodes back, I was like, I'm going to come. With Prepared. It. Oh, I do got Black Joy. But See? No, I thought, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, know what you said. I had to prepare it, but I... The last few episodes prior to like the break that we took, I was having them in my notes. Like I already had it written down. So I didn't do that this time, but I do got my Black Joy ready. Um, yeah, and it's wild, you know. We didn't get it. We talked about it a little bit, but I don't think on that because we didn't drop the Kehlani episode yet. Oh, yeah. And we talked about like the Puma shit and all that and why that brought us so much joy, you know. Um, even though, you know, people had their quote unquote critiques. Of the stuff that we've done over I, the last few months, the stuff that I'm about to mention as my yeah. black joy, you know, like the, the we'll, partnership. We'll talk about those uh, <laughs> people mad we put on shoes on niggas' feet. Those critiques, you know, didn't know Puma were socialists. Shit, nigga, we never said they was. But, you know. Besides um, the fact, you know, what? what is your black joy? <laughs> my black joy was doing the cleat check initiative with uh, Raj, Guap, Kehlani, Black, uh, whole Empire family. And shout out to X for also do- donating. Some shoes and being able to supply 500 shoes to the to the houseless community in Oakland, um, that was that brought me hella joy. Just cause, uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a culmination of so many things. Like so many different niggas from the Bay Area, so many different folks from Oakland, especially people that I grew up with, being able to link up and provide something that's so important. We see, I mean, if you do any type of houselessness work, you you deal with any type of poor people. You'll see what, what what niggas' shoe situation be like. You know what I'm saying? And if they even have shoes. If they have shoes, um, and being able to provide brand new, not just shoes but socks and 
hoodies and sweaters and t-shirts that Kehlani gave to us directly um, in bulk and like being able to it was kids and shit out there like that shit is just if you listen to, to families the, yeah, where it was if you listen to the Patreon episode with Kehlani on the episode that's the episode of Hella Black that features Kehlani that's only live on Patreon right now this might be a little repetitive for you but that shit brought me joy and then like two weeks later we did the COVID testing in the town three straight days of uh, providing COVID tests and antibody tests um in East Oakland and West Oakland. And, you know, we also, yeah, just being like, man, it was hundreds of people there, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's Hundreds. True. I mean, damn near probably a thousand people. Yeah. And it wasn't the fact that, I be trying to be very conscious of the way that I talk about this kind of shit because I don't want to romanticize it or speak on it in a way that makes it seem... Like, we're, like, getting on this high horse of, you know, because the niggas be providing real resources, and then sometimes niggas use that as an excuse to be like, ah, nigga, like, we, for me, we, we doing this. You know, like, I we don't want to, but <laughs> in terms of, like, an, like you talk, you've been talking a lot about imagination. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You talk a lot about imagination over the last year, and that's something I've been trying to carry with me. In terms of, like, imagining a new world, we've had this conversation just a few minutes ago, we have talked about how PBO is starting all that shit, but not to go off on a tangent, but when it, when it goes into imagination, I never would have thought we'd be able to provide those type of medical resources for a city that I was born and raised in. You know what I'm saying? Like, nigga, I'm from North Oakland. Lived in North Oakland till I was 14, then I moved to the East, you feel me? And, like, we was around the corner from, feel me, seminary at fucking, we was at Allen Temple? No, yeah. not Allen Temple. It's not, Axel Gospel. We was, at Axel, we was at Axel Gospel. Like, nigga, that's around the corner from where I used to go to catch, feel me, the, the fucking 56 down the Coliseum and catch the BART. Every day to be high, you know what I'm saying. So it's like seeing like nigga a community that I'm deeply, that's so deeply rooted in me, being able to provide shit for them niggas in the show. I'm like, bro, it's niggas from out here that could put our resources together. We can make something shake. Yeah. That shit, bro. You, you so don't gotta enjoy. be an athlete. You don't gotta be a multimillionaire. You feel me? You could be At just, all. you know. I always say all the time, don't really refer to us as organizers. We just some regular niggas who give a fuck about our people, bro. We try to make shit shake, you feel me? Yeah. And put our resources together and piece up and, and figure shit out. So that shit, you know. And then we was able to hand out shoes with uh, Marcus donated shoes too, right? Yeah, and then shout out Marcus. This nigga donated some shoes like two weeks ago. And we was able to, you know, that nigga's from West Oakland. We handed him around the corner from his house, the house that he grew up in, around the corner from Chestnut, you know. And we was able to provide over 25 pairs of shoes for a specific encampment that needed them, right? Because I, yeah, it's, it's, when we did Kleecheck, we was able to get that man camp. Yeah, you feel me? And there were so many people. You feel me? Because if niggas hear about it, you feel me? It's like as soon as you pull up with shoes, it's like they telling all their partners and shit. You feel me? So people was pulling up, you know. So we wasn't able to get to that camp, but we was able to, you know, the second time around, which is important because there's so many different camps in West Oakland and in Oakland in general. You feel me? But now, like one kind of has the most attention on it, which. Yeah, and people forget like nigga, there's hella different spots, bro. But it's wild because what happened? Like we had this whole plan in our head that we would hit all these different encampments with only 250 <laughs> pairs of shoes. Yeah. We've been doing this shit for so many years. I can't believe we still made that rookie ass mistake. You know what I'm saying? But that, that's part of that self reflection too. I think that's important. You feel me? It's like yeah, we've been doing this for years, but niggas is still gonna continue to make mistakes and, and learn. have to learn, and have to bounce back, and have to have conversations and yeah. <laughs> adjust, nigga. That's that's part of it. Yeah, but. <laughs> that, that brought me joy, and, and yeah. in addition to, I think we heard some um, critiques because with the with the COVID shit, we provided free free rides, courtesy of Lyft. <laughs> you know, and niggas was like, felt the way like, about that, not knowing that it's people that don't have cars, you know, disabled, disabled folks, folks that don't have access can't. to rides. But you know, if you if you if you a socialist, bro, if you anti capitalist, 
You got to fully divest, nigga. As a matter of fact, strip butt naked. Take all them clothes off. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's break this whole shit down. Because if we if we anti-capitalist socialists, we, we can't have none of this shit. This camera, that, you feel me? Shit. We can't have this recorder, that nigga. That should be jokes, bro. We laugh at this shit with that. Like That's also hell out of pocket because it was... You know, folks that claim to be black radicals, black leftists. Well, that's I think these niggas don't have purity politics. As these niggas don't have no fucking class politics, bro. Like you, you was mad at houseless people getting shoes. You was mad at houseless people getting fucking rides. Puma's not socialists. Nigga, what the fuck? You aren't socialists, nigga. If you, if we were black radicals, we would not be doing that. As I tweet from my iPhone about what niggas should be doing. As you tweet from Twitter. A company that has as you tweet from the stolen land that you occupy about what niggas should be doing. If they was actual radicals, hmm. this shit is jokes, nigga. Man. We outside, nigga. We outside, nigga. That's all I'm finna say, bro. This shit is jokes. But before we go any further into <laughs> niggas, you know. let me talk about my black. <laughs> What's your black joy? <laughs> shit, you know my will, my will, nigga. He graduated high school. You feel me? So I was a uh, dope. You know, in the midst of COVID and shit, like that shit got to be fucking terrible to be a fucking little high schooler and shit. About to graduate, you know. That's a moment, you know, you looking forward to. For a lot of your young adult or, you know, your young childhood. So having him graduate, that was tight. And uh, they did a little drive through ceremony where the nigga can get out the car and they Big said love. his name and shit. So it was, it was cool, you know. Um, it was wild, bro. Like, all my brothers, we went to De La Salle, bro. There's been, like, one of my family members at that school for years now, bro. So... I know my mom is happy that uh, <laughs> last, one. last kids is at that Catholic school. <laughs> uh, shit. But, yeah, that was definitely a good moment just to see him. You feel me? You're not the oldest, right? No, I'm the you're oldest. oldest? Yeah. Yeah. We got that in common. I noticed, yeah, that's, that's a good feeling to see. Like, I had two of my sisters that went to the same high school as me. And it would be dope, you know, to see, like, that name on the little... Well, y'all didn't get to go to actual graduation, but before you would see, like, you know, assignments and shit on there or whatever. But, yeah. Um, that's dope, bro. Congrats on that. Yeah, nah. fam. It's wild, bro, because it's like... I remember this little nigga when he was born. <laughs> now this nigga grow more facial hair than me. Like, <laughs> he 18. Like, yeah. that should be so wild, bro. It's like... Remember when they were like little babies. You feel me? When you're oldest, you're able to remember everyone, and then it's like, this nigga going to college. You feel me? That's nuts. This should be fucking nuts. I'm, I'm about like, to have my first experience like that in the next few years because I got like I have three sisters that are not like hella far in age. You know what I'm saying? And then I have yeah, I have three sisters who are like just like a few years younger than me. You know, yeah. like I was probably like two when they were born, three when they were born, maybe four is the, the oldest. I like four years older than one of my my sisters that I'm talking about. But then I have. My youngest sister, who is 16, you feel me? And I was like, I remember when she was born. You yeah. feel I remember going to the hospital and all that shit. So it's when she. Bro, I remember when my brother. You we went to her so fucking scared. sweet 16. Yeah. I was like, damn, nigga, this is wild. <laughs> like, hella growing up and shit. Yeah. Was you scared when your sister was born? I was hella scared when my little brother was born. I was like, oh my God, this shit is scary. <laughs> Not really. My daddy had hella kids. So <laughs> by, the time my, by the time my youngest sister was born, it was like. Ah, it's cracking. I remember her being a baby. That shit was so dope. I'd be having like hella little old photos and, and videos. And it was, yeah, that shit was that shit was dope. And then to see him grown up, you almost feel like a parent. But I didn't. I see the thing is, you was in the same household as them. Yeah. You feel me? Like I didn't get to live with my with my with, except for one of my sisters because we share a mom. But I didn't. I didn't get to live not for long periods of time. But I think like you know how I be. You feel me? Like y'all have y'all on and off moments when the pop still fucking with you know their mom or whatever. So you be over there. But y'all niggas live together for pretty yeah. much your whole life. They. Yeah, right. Two so we college, college yeah. yeah. 
So I, I didn't get to I didn't get to have that. That's dope though. Yeah. Shout out to my will my little son, man. <laughs> <laughs> Graduating. But we we got a good we got a good episode. We kind of touched on a little bit of shit before, to be honest. And um, when we were talking about it earlier, I couldn't really see how the things were too were connected, right? Because we're gonna talk about like, I don't know what people have coined the term as, but like I be using like, we know people like to say performative, right? And then I was just saying we're gonna talk about performative politics because now, I mean, prior to the uprisings, but specifically now with the uprisings, right? Like performance has been. Like it's its own little politic now. Like, yeah, like I that's mean, what niggas live by. Like, the, we live by the performance. The same way we live by whatever guy. It's like whenever that we have. whenever something happened, there's a performance. There's a fucking act. There's a fucking script written for it. You feel me? And it all as socialists as niggas try to act like nigga. This shit is all a result of capitalism. Yeah. So <laughs> we, we we diving into performative politics. Performative <laughs> activism. <laughs> performative fucking bag niggas. <laughs> performative performance in, in in every sense of the word. And we also taking a look at community organizing from a, a multitude of lenses. What I wanted to to ask you, because I feel like as we were trying to draw out the outline, me and you were just having like these little different conversations. But I think we have a common understanding of what what performative is. But I wanted to like just hear from you, like what what does performative mean to you? I mean, I think a performance is the act of doing something, not because of a certain politic, right? Not because of a certain moral, right? But doing it something because it's the cool thing to do now. That's like the most simple way I could say it, right? It's like you're performing because, okay, everyone is saying Black Lives Matter, right? It isn't something that's such a wild thing to say anymore compared to like 2014. Mm-hmm. You feel me? But now I'm going to do it, right? And this is a performance because I want to remain cool. I want to remain, you know, get social capital from it. And, you know, I think at the, the, the furthest extent is, you know, getting a bag off of it, right? Because it is cool now, right? You can co-opt it, right? Use money and monetize it and get a bag off the performance. You feel me? But I think the simplest simplest way is like, shit, I was going to get a smoothie this morning. <laughs> and like this this white lady shirt was like, deport, race or, deport racists and like, I don't know, import refugees or some shit. <laughs> and I just was like... <laughs> Look at I just like I just laughed. I had a mask. I'm fucking tired, bro. <laughs> I had a mask I'm on, bro. So fucking tired. I had a I mask on, bro. I see. I see. I just started laughing, bro. Like you feel me? This is in North Oakland too. Like it's off funny, MLK. but it's also sad as fuck. Yeah. Because like the other part of this is just like <laughs> there are actual like for every slogan or little you know a little black like there are like actual. Not only research that you could be providing, but there are actual, you know, experiences that are rooted, like throwing around like deport races and f- import refugees. It's like, bro, that is so like, that. like, oh, and when you don't it have, it wasn't a, maybe word for word that, but it was, it was similar. Oh, that's what that's what the message was, or that's sticking to me. <laughs> and I'm just like, bruh. And then the funny part is, I, you know, I was watching them walk to that car, and I look on the bumper sticker, <laughs> coexist. Nah. <laughs> Bernie for president. Uh, so it so it's like, bro, Bernie over here who is pro ice. You feel me? And you got your shirt on doing your little performance in your your little uh, cafe and shit, trying to say you use the woke white woman of of Oakland. <laughs> and you got a little Bernie sticker on that, you know. And Bernie was all about the deportations too. Bernie is a fucking racist, a fucking Zionist. You feel me? Like he doesn't believe in defunding the police, but you was rocking for Bernie, and now you have this shirt on. So this shit is just like. 
that is a, an, an example of like performative activism is like okay i want to be cool you feel me with this time like black lives matter you know refugees whatever matter right and then like you just really don't get it because i'm like you got that shirt on but i guarantee you you was a racist i guarantee you I, I, if i would talk to you if i had the energy i don't really talk to white people about politics like that you could listen to this podcast and pay for it but um <laughs> i'm just like bro shit is a pure performance you know because i know if i talked to you you would be racist and then I seen the Bernie stick. I'm like, yep. But when, when it comes to when you say something like racist, right? Like, <laughs> they not the kind of racist that they think this shit is about. Nah. So they won't. They won't wear, wear. That's why they think they're different. You yeah, know they're like, like, oh, we're we're so far away from make America great again. You feel me? We'll never wear that hat. We'll never do the Confederate. So you go out and we'll live like America's great school. every day, my nigga. Exactly. For for me, when I think about performative. Shit is like an actual like you're literally acting because the way that you go out and live on an everyday basis is not in alignment and not to say because none of us can live our politics through and through, through on an everyday basis. Right. Because like there, there needs to be a situation for nuance. But like what are the little things that you're doing to show that black lives matter? What are the little things that you're doing to like? How are you actually speaking up besides the sign? Besides the sign that you have in your window in North Oakland right now, our fucking neighbors got this shit. They probably hear us while we're recording this shit. <laughs> but in every, in North Oakland and in South Berkeley, you see all these signs of like silence is just violence. as bad as violence or whatever. But it's like, okay, so what ways besides that fucking sign have you actually spoke out against anti-blackness, white supremacist, capitalism, patriarchy? Like how have you how have you done that? So it's like for me, I look at it as just like. It's an act. It, it's an act because there are no, no real, meaningful actions that follow it. No material, right, things that follow. Right. When we talk about a revolution, we is talking about abolishing property relations, private property relations. You feel me? So revolution is always inherently a material struggle, right? And oftentimes it's like the performance is okay. <laughs> Black Lives Matter, white silence is violence, but nigga, what is you, like, how was you divesting from your whiteness, right? And divesting from your whiteness, nine times out of ten, means di- di- divesting from your class privilege. You feel me? Especially in these neighborhoods and, you know, South Berkeley, North Oakland, you know, even these white folks, these tech folks who move into to West Oakland and shit. Like, how is you actually going to divest? Divest, you feel me? Because at one end of the, pro- you know, you have performative politics with, like, Actors and celebrities, which we've talked about on you know our episode around celebrity culture, mm-hmm. on the other end, which, which is black people doing it, right? Which we'll talk more about. But then you have white people doing it, especially now. My brother, that that house you living in was definitely you know stolen. You feel me? Like you probably gentrified a black family out and you bought it for cheap from a bank. The shit that also <laughs> the shit that like, also like you know. It makes me really frustrated is the fact that how the impact of such performative actions in terms of social capital, like when you just when you when you make a performative act, the amount of social capital that you can gain is so fucking easy. But how much real work and sacrifice and effort has to be done to make real material changes is just like that's a lot, bro. <laughs> and, and, and a lot of people don't understand what a material change is too. That's, I think that's a lot of it is like you know. The value of the black dollar. Keep the black dollar, you feel me, involved and shit. And it's like... Remember we was riding past Whole Foods the other day and it was like, Black Lives Matter here? I'm like... Bro, you explain your black workers, bro. If my (laughs) life matters, nigga, you gonna let me stock up on that avocado because that should be kind of good, you feel me? I'm trying to get a tuna sandwich too from the deli. Give them uh, fucking 
healthcare, free healthcare, nigga. The thing is, niggas are still trying to niggas are still trying to figure out a way to capitalize, be be ethical with capitalism. Yes, quote unquote capital. You can never. That's a fucking contradiction in itself. Be ethical under the fabrics of this nation, right? Like, there's not, there's no ethics, bro. Like, and you know, we was talking about earlier about capitalism and shit. Like, oh, you know, you was working with Puma. Like, they aren't socialists. Like, what the fuck, nigga? Like, name a socialist shoe company. How was you supposed to have a socialist shoe company when you don't own the fucking means and production of this country? Motherfucker. Well, you know, it's very hard to do unless you was making the shoe yourself. I mean, and, and even and even then, let's say you make your own shoes. There we go. So I was gonna say, <laughs> let's say you get your own factory and you making your own, you making your own shoes. Where are those? Where where is the fabrics from the shoes coming from? Unless you is you know, <laughs> growing cotton yourself, picking that motherfucker yourself, and then you gotta think about the machines. What machine are you going to use to make that shoe? Where'd those parts come from? Unless you was able to build a machine yourself and source those parts and use recycled steel and shit. But the reality is, is, is niggas aren't even thinking that way who have that critique. But you don't have to, to think honest. that way when you're just saying like, something. I'm going to think about that because like that's actually what we think about when we're talking but, but about you nation have, building. You don't have to when you're, just, when you're just saying something, when you're performing. Like performing, like you know what I'm saying? Like That's a performance right there. Like Niggas coming after us saying, oh, you partner with Puma. It's like, what is your actual critique behind that? Like, come in here and show me besides the fact that, for one, these niggas for show exploit motherfuckers. Their shoes are for definitely made in sweatshops. All of our stuff is. When we talk about this shit 24-7. Again, the phone that you was tweeting your critiques on, where do you think these motherfuckers is made at? Child labor, nigga, in fucking Africa, nigga. Child slave labor. Like. But that's the thing, though. When, you, when you're when only doing things for, for performance, you don't have to have real analysis. Period. You know what I'm saying? And so many motherfuckers get so... I, I feel like we have the same conversations over and over, but whatever. So many... I mean, because it keeps coming up. We always going to have... You feel I me? mean, but like, yeah. I, not so much around the critique, but I was going to say around like this thing about fucking all these theories yeah. and these buzzwords that people just love to fucking regurgitate. And if you had some real skin in the game, some, some real toes down, you would understand the nuance behind things. I dare a motherfucker to come in here and tell me right now, until you've been out there and you've seen people walking around fucking barefoot, to come in here and tell me they turning down shoes in the name of they black radical socialist in the name politics. of socialism, yeah, nigga, right, fuck nigga. you. All right. That's all I gotta fucking say. All right, because nigga. legit, like shoes is a survival program, nigga. Like if you, yeah, that's how you walk around barefoot through walking, a fucking city that's filled with fucking trash. These neighborhoods trash, that these folks live in, needles, needles, glass, grass, roaches. Come on, my nigga. Like, bro, this is actually a part of somebody's survival. You don't want them to have shoes in the name of a fucking purity politic, nigga. Honestly, that that is. That's just ass, bro. How would you describe purity politics for folks? Purity politics is like you read this theory about a certain fucking, you know, ideology and you have to stay as close to it as possible in everything, every single thing. So, like, I am a socialist. That means my fucking shirt was ethically made. My boxes was ethically made. My phone is ethically made, which is a fucking contradiction because you can't live in a fucking sea of capitalism without getting your fucking feet wet, nigga, without having to interact with capitalism. We aren't capitalists. Right, we as workers. But you know that when you outside, when you doing shit, no, you're not doing this reading books and you know. If you really tweeting. outside, you know that there's fucking nuance and there tweeting has to be fucking nuance. Like, nigga, we don't own shit, nigga. We don't, nigga. Like, niggas want to flex that shit, nigga. You don't have the pink slip. And and also, I, and also, <laughs> also, I want to say that you know I want to be very weary because we've also been very. We've also said on this pod, you know, there's like tweeting is important to the movement. Writing is important to the movement. But when you do it from a place of this fucking that refuses 
to have a full analysis on everything that goes into doing community work to providing real resources and providing and, and leading towards material change that's when i start to lose respect for motherfuckers who all they all they do is tweet and and write because it's like my like niggas need to have a little bit more respect for what's going on out there well i think this is in where i see it the most is from niggas from the academy like you know it's and I'm a nigga who went to college, nigga. I'm a nigga who works in the academy, right? So don't be like, oh, you want some hate and shit. It's like, no. So if we have a full understanding of this shit, we got to understand that a lot of y'all niggas, like, y'all say fuck surveillance and shit, but y'all niggas is acting like drones in the black community, looking and making your fucking judgments on the black community based off of what you know and what you have read, but you don't even step fucking foot in the black community because you was actually fucking scared to step in the fucking hood of the niggas you was claiming to fucking save. And that's that's the foundation of it. Like y'all want to have all these fucking critiques, but y'all y'all will never step your foot in the West Oakland, nigga, because you would be fucking scared, bro. And y'all act like y'all are so mm. <laughs> y'all want to act about it. You feel me? But like when the when it comes down to it, it's like, bro, this is, this is some real shit, niggas is dealing with it's some real shit to actually have to organize out here. Like but you don't have to you don't have to deal with that when all you're you outside talking, in, bro. You know, I, I, I want like, there's critiques that are actually important, but like. You have to have a, a fucking. You have to come from it in a sense of in a in a principal way, you know, because there are critiques. Like, yeah, I, I, like if you said, "Oh yeah, there's a something wrong with Puma," I'm like I would agree with you. There is because it is a capitalist shit and it's taking advantage of somebody. I would agree with you. At the same time, if they is gonna donate shoes and we is gonna reappropriate those fucking resources to people who need them the most, what them Panthers used to do? Them niggas was known for milking crackers, Bruh. <laughs> like y'all fucking love the Panthers and shit. Like nigga, them niggas was strong arming niggas, bro. Like nigga, give us this food, nigga. It's gonna be a problem. We finna fucking protest in front of your building, nigga. We gonna boycott your fucking liquor store, nigga. Like that's the history of this shit. So. If, imagine if niggas told the Panthers that they couldn't give out free breakfast if the food wasn't grown ethically. If the if the buildings that like nigga the Panthers build the, the buildings where they was doing the free breakfast program is on stolen land. So here y'all go again with the purity politics. And again, this circles all back to performance, which is my my we we're like touching on it, you know, bouncing around, but I think we for sure should talk about how, you know, performative politics, performative actions can be detrimental to to the movement for for a number of reasons, right? Yeah, I mean if we're talking about revolution being you feel me? Like a material change, a performance just makes a fucking mockery out of it, right? Because it thinks like, okay, because I'm wearing a Black Lives Matter on my fucking the back or I'm saying, you know, Black Lives Matter is on the court of an NBA game, even though they ain't pro- providing no fucking protection for these players. Even though they still ain't gave the players, you know, equity and ownership in the teams that they making billions of dollars. Like, you know, you know, but it's Black, black Lives, lives matter. matter. Y'all got them black niggas on the court out there putting their lives at risk over this fucking COVID shit. Period. You know. You know, and again, you know, pro athletes can make their own decisions, but and I'm they, saying you know, a lot of them niggas, a lot of niggas wouldn't be. But it's like if, if you look at the system of capitalism, you have a system systematic analysis. You gotta understand, niggas want to eat, bro, because they ain't the fucking owner. You feel me? Especially nigga, if you a rookie, <laughs> you in your first year, you feel me? It's like you trying to make it, bro. You gonna sacrifice whatever, especially like I think both me and you could attest to like the mindset that you kind of have when you was young and playing sports. Like you was trying to make it, bro, because that's how you eat. Yeah. A- another part of how that's like performative shit can be detrimental is. Um, she talking to Mike. My bad. I thought I had been. 
I just I move around. That's all we need them other ones, bro. Cause I just can't. We need them fucking like ones where you can just like if it was up stand here, right here, you know, and I can and move around and still sit be the right same here. Range. And you can just talk. That's why I gotta fuck with our Patreon? Somebody, you know, hey, <laughs> drop that comment on the YouTube. You know, the best, <laughs> the best microphone for us to be more comfortable. But <laughs> what I'm thinking of is, you know, people who put so much stake in like the act of what they're doing. They often don't have the analysis that we already talked about. And as a result of like celebrity culture, we touched on the, the as a result of like political capital. Um, you see these motherfuckers being given these voices in these platforms. And that shit is just dangerous because you get all these people again who don't have much to offer Black Lives Matter outside the slogan of Black Lives Matter. You get these people who don't have nothing to add to abolishing the, the police the besides the slogan of abolish the police <laughs> you know what i'm saying like and, and that that's a problem when we when we stake so much in what's being said or what things look like as opposed to what's actually happening to change the conditions of black people in this fucking country when you put too much stake in what's being said and what things look like all these fucking mirages because that's what the, and this is why do you think the enemy gives this shit so much such a big platform Come on, bro. You think if Black Lives Matter was a real threat to the settler colonial if empire the of, known as America, do you think Black Lives Matter would be painted on the NBA I mean, court? It, Black Lives Matter was a threat before the shit got co-opted. Before it was a threat when them niggas in Ferguson was out there niggas doing their thing. Niggas in Ferguson was out there rocking. <laughs> you feel me? Them niggas was doing their thing. It was a threat. You had a bunch of outside fucking agitators coming into Ferguson, and niggas in Ferguson was not letting that shit happen. But look, look what happened to them. But so, so you feel me? It was killed by the state, bro. It, it was a threat when it was more than just a slogan. When it was nigga, Black Lives Matter, we're gonna show y'all, and then we're gonna occupy this space, and we're gonna tear shit up. We're gonna show y'all how much Black Lives Matter. It, it was a threat. And it wasn't getting the, it wasn't getting the the it wasn't in every window in America then. It wasn't on every commercial in America then. It wasn't in every storefront in America then. You know what I'm saying? It was once it became profitable and once it became no longer a threat and co-opted in a way that aligns with keeping the status quo in America, that, that shit got a platform. And that shit becomes dangerous. And that's when the... Watch that shit be co-opted in real time, bro. The, the Democratic <laughs> killing machine is at full force because the quote-unquote Republicans, the so-called racist ones, the Democrats come in and co-opt it with a fucking liberal propaganda machine and make money off of it and use their neoliberal ideology to make money and to get a bag off of it. You feel me? And, and that's what we have been seeing. That's what we've been talking about on Hellback for a long time. It's like, these niggas don't give a fuck about you, bro. Like... The Jay-Z's of the world, right? Them niggas is getting a bag off of saying Black Lives Matter. These niggas is getting a bag off of aligning themselves, quote-unquote, with the fucking Yo, struggle. Fuck how many movies you make, how many podcasts you record, us included. I don't care how many movies you make, how many podcasts you record, how many albums you put up, how many signs you put up, how many shirts you wear. If you ain't doing nothing to show that Black Lives Matter on a day-to-day basis. In a material standpoint. <laughs> and just even educated. Cap! You know, like... <laughs> Cap! <laughs> Come on. You know, you know what we got to do, though, bro? Because I feel like we've been, you know, we got a lot of pent-up anger and aggression for for a bunch of reasons. We've been, we've been grilling niggas, but it's also important to say, like, there is a place for that shit. I will for sure say Black Lives Matter, but I'm going to have some actions that follow that shit. I don't, I don't even say Black Lives Matter no more. Oh, I, I will. I mean, I, you don't hear me tweeting it, but, like, yeah. I feel like I mean, yeah, Black I, Lives Matter me, Like, the sure. way that I move through the world, you feel me? I'm going to yeah. show that Black, and I believe that that shit, I believe, I believe in, the, in the statement, especially... But your ideology is coming from a, a, a lens of power. And I'm, and I'm looking at like, that shit that happened in 2014. That shit shaped me. You know what I'm saying? Period. Me that, too. That shit shaped me. So I, it shaped us. You know what I'm saying? It shaped a lot of people that we work with. So 
that shit always gonna have a certain place in my heart. And excuse me, my point that I was making was, you know, for the new white listeners that we got, the new black listeners that we got, all just all the new listeners in for general, the new barrel listeners, who, who for still everybody. might be a little tender. <laughs> how me and how me and Blake drop that shit and give it to niggas raw and uncut, which is why we loved and hated at the same time for the way we come at shit. Um, you know, this is not saying there's not a place for you. It's nigga a challenge to go further with this shit. Us, in, I just said us, us included. included. Yeah. <laughs> it's a challenge. Every time we talk about something on this podcast, and let me be very clear, we is talking about ourselves. Because I don't think people knew that uh, the way that motherfuckers have been re- reacting to us the last two months. I think that they've uh, maybe we've done maybe we've done a bad job of showing that we're not the other in a lot of aspects, but we're also calling ourselves out to do better. We're so learning at the same just, time. Let's just name it. Calling our st- Gotta do a better job of naming that every episode. Yeah. Naming that every we're learning. So let it be still. clear. Also some of these niggas don't even listen to the podcast in general and don't want to understand but this anyway. To the folks that but are yeah, listening to this right. who are who are feeling like damn, well I thought my sign was doing something. Knowing yes. Yeah, like keep your sign up, but also just keep your sign up and move a little differently through the world. That's all this is. Is is a call out to niggas, like, and if you really do want to do something, you're not gonna feel so offended. You feel me? And we was talking about this earlier in the day. It was like we was we was doing this podcast in the fucking (laughs) illegal shipping container in West Oakland, and we was like we had to call ourselves and like how can we talk about all these politics and what are we there is. You feel me? Houseless people right outside. We bro. out here talking about and what we're black talking folks about revolution, need. what black folks need. Houseless folks on the street, right niggas outside. Niggas is right outside, and we ain't doing shit. And that was a call out to ourselves. It's like, nigga, we gotta at least try something. You feel me? At least try it. And, and that's what PBO was like. Us, a, niggas trying, bro. And niggas is always gonna try, and, and niggas is gonna make mistakes. Go further than the performance. That's all I'm asking. Can you yeah. actually? How do you? How 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 do Black Lives Matter to you? Can you actually recognize what is that, racism? What is that practice, bro? Yeah. Can you can you recognize racism and police violence outside of a nigga putting his knee on a nigga neck for nine minutes? Can you recognize racism and police violence outside of that? Can you recognize the other fucking violences that occur? Homophobia, transphobia, classism, ableism, right? Let's look, let's look at it all And let's dive deep into it all You feel me And let's have those conversations And let's have those conversations Within ourselves And how we, we practice it ourselves You know what I'm saying Because it's like You know in the last episode I was to, like You know I might have learned about Intersectionality five, six years ago But that doesn't mean I still have like Perfect politics Doesn't mean I'm we still We don't not, have perfect politics It doesn't mean that I'm fucking Like always you know Having to check my own Fat phobia My own homophobia My own transphobia Like that is going to be if we was conditioned for twenty two something years, twenty two, we still twenty three, and we still conditioned right now. But <laughs> I feel like we was, you know, aware of shit now, like at a certain age, and it's like we still being conditioned every fucking day to to buy into this white supremacist capitalist society. Like you'd be a fool to think that these fucking systems of oppression don't affect you every day, yeah. even as you was fucking trying to fuck <laughs> take it back. Cap, we need to get a fucking button where we just put cap. Cap it. <laughs> Uh man, I should have worn my my uh, my hat that I just got from a, a store. Shout out my Atlanta nigga. Shout out Deshaun. <laughs> got a lot of love for my nigga, man. Uh, we we so yeah, that's that's performative politics for y'all. If y'all got any feedback for niggas, real critiques. You know, niggas is always open to learning critiques. You feel me? Because we you don't gotta be constructive. Just be real. Yeah, nigga, we, <laughs> niggas is trying to grow. Niggas is trying to learn, bro. So if you're trying to have a convo, nigga, we is always about that shit. You feel me? Like, niggas want to be better people every single day, nigga. So, and that's with our politics and that's with everything, bro. So, I mean, 
we, we, we oh, touched man. on the next shit a little bit a, a little earlier in in the episode. Um, but there's just in it. It's not just about us. I think this is something that happens all the time, especially on Twitter, right? But I think as of late with the uprises, there's just been this thing around like holding community organizers accountable not and not in the sense of like what we just talked about in the last episode but i feel like people are like a standard yeah like trying to hold us to a a, a new standard which i think is very very necessary because like we say all the time right like niggas are doing good work and we all need to learn we all need to still be developing our politics and way moving through the world but a lot of these niggas be on like uppity on the outside looking in shit and i'm just not feeling it dog i just and it, it goes back to the like y'all y'all as a black radical organization niggas we're trying to hold us accountable for partnering partnering with Lyft. Niggas are trying to hold us accountable for partnering with Puma. And I mean, I'm just trying to make like I don't even know if it was trying to hold niggas accountable because like. But do you recognize that thing though? Because it, it it happens with, it's, it's, with organizers. It, it, but it, it was shit talking because accountability is actually like you have to actually talk to somebody. If nigga, if, if you was just tweeting something, but ain't that what they be saying though? Like we need to be called niggas accountable. Like in terms of checking how these organizations are moving. With the work that they're doing, you do see that like that's what the that's the the framework that niggas are trying to present it as. Yeah, but it's like you want the nigga to see it who he's talking to. Like half these motherfuckers have you blocked on Twitter, or have me blocked on Twitter. Yeah. So it's like, how are you supposed to see this shit? <laughs> you hear people secondhand telling you about it. And th- there just also Sorry, has to be something. There there has to be something said around people who have so much to say about something they've never done. And who have the opportunity to do so and never do it. Like, you know, we talk about this shit all the time on the pod. We know why certain people can't organize. There are people with actual disabilities that cannot make the space for them to go out onto the onto the streets. Period. Period. Point fucking blank. So I get that. And while that's being said, you know, I think Ant like Ant is someone that we have to talk about this show all the time. Like Ant didn't even want to, I think Deshaun called. Deshaun said that Ant was doing good organizing work in the Bay Area and Ant was like, oh, I'm not an organizer. I'm like, nigga, you are. You might not be on the ground organizing, but you're organizing. You're doing really good work online and sharing resources and doing things that actually lead to material changes for folks. But I respect Ant because they they approach things with, and it's because Ant has actual on the ground organizing experience that he's, that, that they they're know. able, I'm sorry, that they're able to approach their critiques of organizing from a lens of like I've had the experience because you know they saying? was actually organizing and that, and that's with the niggas thing. we've been in the field with them. So when you have that actual organizing experience, you was gonna like like if I'm not doing this shit ten years from now and my my shit look different, which you know it should. It should. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> you know you you grown. You shouldn't be doing the same nah, shit. Nah, you know you know you know them niggas online. The minute you stop showing up to PBO at least once a week. For extended periods of time, niggas gonna say we not organizers no more. No matter how much the, work the we did. The thing put is, in. nigga, like if you listen to Hell Black, niggas have never even said we's organizers, nigga. We just some niggas who care. Niggas who in the community. Niggas. I for sure wrongly adopted the organizer title. Yeah. I think early on in the episodes, I would say I'm not an organizer. I'm just a nigga that like, care. By definition, I guess we. Do and that. then I for sure started. But we also kind of my bio and some things for sure says organize. Not on like anything that I promote, but like when people ask me to describe myself. Yeah. Because you have to say something that's you're, recognizable. You're a journalist and an organizer. <laughs> I hate that shit. But keep going. My bad. Um, I don't know, but yeah, it's just when you when you have that experience, you ain't gonna label yourself a certain way, or you're gonna be very mindful. Of how you show up Like yeah I did this and this For these certain years But now it's like My shit look different 
And how do I uplift organizers that is on the ground, bootstrapped, <laughs> pulling themselves up from the bootstraps, trying to eradicate the system of white supremacy? It's just different. Yeah. It, it is, you know, and you got to respect the niggas that is really in the field. And this is not to say that because we still, I think. All this shit has nuance. Yeah, because I, I think also sometimes it's like organizers can be like, oh, if you ain't doing this work, you can't say nothing. That's not what it is because I do feel like people who aren't organizing can, 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 can critique me and hold me accountable. I just think that a lot of the, I just seen so many times that folks who are critiquing and holding organizers, quote unquote, holding organizers accountable are folks who have no direct connection to organizing or no experience with underground organizing. And this is why they're able to not approach things with a certain nuance or a, a certain sense of grace. Well, I mean, it's it's to be expected from niggas who just learned about this shit a year ago or eight months ago. To be honest, like, niggas don't know shit. There's some of them. I'm not going to make a blanket statement, right? Niggas Or niggas is... Just coming into shit. Just coming into a politic and have all these fucking thoughts about shit. But it's like, bro, you got to have your fucking shoes laced up. People talk about yeah. like, like, you need to really like, embrace a learning stance. You got to learn, bro. Like, as an organizer, you always got to, or as a nigga trying to do a community program, like, you always is going to learn from your mistakes. And, like, just because you have organized for two years doesn't mean you know everything, bro. Just because you've organized for eight years doesn't mean you know everything. So you got to always be learning from somebody who might have done that shit longer than you, bro. So you don't fucking fall on your feet. You feel me? Like, don't make the same fucking mistakes that somebody has made before you type shit. You know, so I think a lot of it is like in this moment where performance is heavy, right? Where people is fucking with certain politics, people is learning about certain politics. Now, like, you're like, oh, just because I learned this yesterday now means I'm the fucking expert on this shit. I fell victim to that too. I had so much to say when I first started reading. Yeah, and that's that's a part of it, I think. And you got to be like, oh, fuck, well, I'm still actually learning. You know, one thing I tell... You know, when I'm teaching every year, I'm like, all right, yeah, y'all just learn intersectionality, but don't go back to your fucking Thanksgiving dinner table and fucking vilify your parents for not knowing what that word was or what that theory is and how it works because you didn't know that fucking three weeks ago before I taught you that. <laughs> so it's like that 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 humble stance and that learning stance is super important. So that you was always learning. And that's that's for me, too. It's yeah. for us, too. Facts. Just been disappointed and frustrated and it, i mean it's, it's no i always take you know folks who ain't got no no feet no 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 feet with it bro you know no skin in the game i always take their critiques even even the ones that are valid i feel sometimes i'm like i gotta take that with a little grain of salt because you're not talking from from experience you ain't never had to put yourself in this position or and, you don't even know the community you was in and why niggas got to move a certain way in a certain community. But uh, you think about what's happening, right? Like organizers are under a national, well, more recently I've been under a national spotlight with, because for, for, for such a short period of time during the uprisings, our voices mattered. You know what I'm saying? Like we were, we were the experts for, you know, eight days or so, and that's no longer the case. The eight is a, is a <laughs> you is know, very, very slow. We were the experts, and then after that, Niggas felt like after listening to listening to niggas for you know a few hours that they could then tell us what we need to be doing differently and what was right, you know. And it's just like until you can pull up into a neighborhood and do this work, like there's certain shit you'll just never know. 
But it just makes it so hard to <laughs> like that. That's just the, the the basis of it. There's certain shit you will never know until you see how certain things work in a certain neighborhood. Yeah, it just makes it hard to respect someone who it makes it hard to respect people who deemed us, who deemed the people with the most lived experience as the experts, and then when they feel like they got enough learning from them, wanted them to take a back seat and feel like they had the tools and the necessary learning to tell niggas where their flaws and shit were. You you had niggas who. During the pandemic where, you know, listening to these people boosting everything we tweet, and then a week later, this is what y'all niggas need to be doing differently. This is y'all niggas that are, it's like, what? But it, it go, and like, I and for me, it's racism and classism. Because a lot of them organizers niggas is dealing with is poor black folks. It's poor black folks. And you you see that shit show up how, I, I could, like, bro, I'm not even finna blast nobody, but it was like just, when the uprisings first started, I was getting texts. What the fuck can I do? What the fuck can I do? So when I see people doing certain shit, I'm hitting them back up. Like, you know, that's not really the right thing. And they're like, what, you know, on the 12th, all right, I'm going to delete this. I'm going to take this down. Yep, I got you. I'm going to post this. On the 14th, it turned to, well, I think da 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 It's like, oh, nigga, just two days ago, you didn't even know what fucking abolition was. Just two days ago, you didn't know what socialism was. Just two days ago, you couldn't even recognize anti-blackness outside of police brutality. So what's going on? Two months ago, nigga? you just figured out you was black, nigga. No, what's going on? <laughs> and I feel like if niggas was dealing with people that wasn't poor black folks, that shit would have, it would have, our, what we had to say and our experience would have meant a lot more for a lot longer. I mean, it just speaks to classism, bro. And I think... When we think about performance and performative, performative activism, we also have to talk about the nonprofit industrial complex and the way that is co-opted movements and it places nonprofit heads at the center of a movement to talk about a movement. But these niggas really have no. And don't that shit tie directly into performative politics? Exactly, it's all because your, yes, your bag, your bag is directly funded from your performance. The the, the grants your organization is going to get is directly funded. By your performance You feel me To where like Your goal isn't actually To end this shit Your goal is to keep That bag coming in You feel me Because you was trying To keep your niggas paid Your people on your payroll paid So like That's where the non-profits Come into it It's like niggas Niggas just trying to get that bag Niggas trying to secure that bag To keep the funding But it isn't actually about Eradicating the problem Of white supremacy Of imperialism Right Of settler colonialism because once that shit is addressed, nigga, your job is gone. <laughs> like we organize to not have to do that shit ever again. We organize to, you feel me? Like, of course, you're always gonna have to BD's say organize. Ain't gonna hear you. But the no, goal man. of organizing is to eliminate the problem in itself. Niggas ain't. <laughs> Shout out to the niggas that's out there really doing this shit ten toes down. <sighs> the best, the best way that you can. Shout out to the niggas in the hood, bro. Shout out to that's that's. That's who I'm fucking with, bro. I went to. I told you we was, yesterday. We was talking. I was like, nigga, I was in Ferguson last year. The niggas still out there mobbing. I got a lot of respect for them niggas. Got a lot of respect for them niggas. Free Josh. Period, you know, nigga. <laughs> I, I got a. I got a lot of respect for niggas, and I just so draining, bro. Shout out to the folks at PBO, our entire core team, all our volunteers. Shout out to all our supporters. Um. Hopefully y'all niggas learned something. I hope they did. What you think? 
I think niggas need to tap into our Patreon. <laughs> we finish, I think we're going to drop Patreon. an episode every, every week this month. Dot com right? slash Hellback Pie.